everyone welcome to a special very special quarantined edition of rva jerks municipal mania um, mania 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 we're joining you from all kinds of places this is the new normal here we are again on zoom yeah this is crazy we have a special guest today we wanted to do um, a little bit of a special show to show how another city right up the way from us is doing um, during this time because like i was saying yeah. kind of off show that we had planned to do a Hope Well show where we were going to go and spend the day and highlight some of the really amazing things happening in a sister city. And then the Rona happened. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. Been interesting. <laughs> we have a special guest. Would you introduce yourself, ma'am? Hello, everyone. My name is Jasmine Gore. I am the mayor for the wonderful city of Hope Well, Virginia. Yay. Welcome. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, I'm at home. I have two awesome fur babies. So if you hear them bark in the background, ignore that. <laughs> oh, well, then you're making me feel better because I have two new parent dogs and they all are, they're just on edge today. So I'm like, please don't bark during the show. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> well, can you give us a little background about what's been going on in Hopewell up to the outbreak of coronavirus? Corona. Yeah, so the outbreak really put like a hard stop on some of the great things that we were doing. But luckily, we have so much momentum going forward that I think that we'll be able to pick back up once things reopen. Um, many people may be aware last year we launched our Riverwalk downtown, and it's brought people from across Virginia to come and view that wonderful scenic route. And we're getting ready to start phase two, which will connect it um, to be a full trail. But right now, children come down to the park, look at the wildfire gardens, the butterfly gardens. That that we have, but also just view the river. Um, in addition to that, we've been working very hard on trying to revitalize our downtown. And after urban sprawl, you know, a lot of people weren't doing development. And fortunately, it's been a hard road. It's been multiple years in the process of trying to see some activity. And so it's been about five years, and now we're starting to see those benefits pay off where we're having almost all of our storefronts booked. We're having new businesses and we're really having a great success with entrepreneurship and really supporting small local um, business owners to get them off the ground. And one story I like to share often is Roja. Please forgive me. I like to give her a shout out because she started off in our local coffee shop selling sandwiches and vegan food. And then now she has a second business, which is a taco joint. If you haven't heard of it, go down there. But we also have Haley's Honey. We have Irish Pub, Saucy, Shrimp Shack. And so we also are starting yep. to get entertainment. We have the escape room. Of course, the vegan theater has always been doing well. But yes. yes, and so like we're starting to see that that renaissance come forward and also some new development interests. People are coming to us now as opposed to us going out to try and solicit people. You hear my dog getting, you know, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, so um, because he sees me sitting here not giving him any attention, so forgive me. But um, <laughs> okay. So you, now we're having that interest. Stop growling, please. You're being rude. I'm trying to do it. Thank you. And so, uh, anyway, I apologize. He is no, a big so baby. funny. 
<laughs> so we're starting to see that. But then also the biggest thing that I'm interested in and what I would like to show is we're getting more public engagement. We're getting more people involved in what's going on in our local government. We've in, you know improved our technology platforms. I've been a strong proponent of that. And so now that we're more on social media, we're doing live video recordings, um, we're having polling and ways for people to get more involved and engaged. We're starting to see more people pay attention to what's going on. But then also, we're having more people want to be involved. And so that, to me, is the biggest renaissance that I'm seeing in Hopewell after being on council for eight, going on eight years now to see that change in the level of interest. That's awesome. What happened when coronavirus reared its ugly head? What was your first thought? So honestly, the, the weird thing is, my background prior to being you know honored to be elected to this position one of my degrees is in biology. And so uh, I, I worked in labs up until now. And so my first thought was, it's happening. <laughs> this is what yeah. I <laughs> this is, it's happening. And so uh, I have a background in working in clinical laboratories, microbiology, molecular, genetic type laboratories. And so dealing with patient samples, looking at viruses, looking at um, different diseases. The, me, I was like, oh, okay, we have to start getting prepared and we need to think proactively down the line because this is not going away anytime soon. And we need to immediately start thinking about supply, stockpiles, what we're going to do for residents to keep them safe, but then also what aid are we going to provide to those who may be impacted by this? So part of me was like, oh my goodness, this is happening. But then the other part of me was like, we can handle this. And I'm sure we're going to, you know, work around this as a country because it's it's a worldwide pandemic. It's not something that's unique to the United States or even Virginia. So, right. right. Yeah, I I just thought that's an interesting take or kind of an interesting background to have in terms of um, my neighbor just tried to run me off the road. Sorry. Um, <laughs> like whoa buddy like this is my side and that's yours um I'm telling you I live on I live on one of these country roads with no lines and I just tried it but that's an interesting background to have especially with this type of situation because you know most, you know, politicians or most elected officials, you know, we have the vast, you know, background that's, you know, all types of experience, right? But to have a biology background, right? And you be already believe in science. Yes. And to understand what that means to say, okay, well, I already know what it means to be, you know, to start this preparedness. And so yeah. my residents are going to need, you know, just to understand, yeah, we're going to, yeah, we need to understand what PPE means and, and, you know, we're going to need a certain level of preparedness in terms of, I don't need to turn off, you know, water right now because we're going to need a certain level of cleanliness and what public safety is going to mean in, in terms of public works and different things. That's so important because you understand from a scientific perspective what it means to protect your citizens in your city. So, that just in and of itself is a, an important start. And it should be common sense, right? Should need a biology background to get it. But uh, that is such an important piece just to have there. That's big. Because um, I can assure you a lot of our elected officials don't have that. <laughs> Namely, uh, Cheeto and Orange in charge does not have that thought process ticking. So that's big. That's big. <laughs> 
what, what, so what did you implement right away? Like, are your residents, you know, handling the stay at home order fairly yeah. well? The way Hopewell is an interesting place if you haven't caught on yet. So there's certain things in the charter that are, uh, the mayor is allowed to do if, with council's permission is kind of spelled out in terms of emergencies. Then there are also state guidelines for the mayor um, as the chief elected official for a locality. Council chose to go the route of pushing most of the response to the city manager. And that's because in the emergency preparedness plan that we had adopted three and a half years ago, we set up where the city manager was our emergency coordinator. However, mm -hmm. this particular council decided to take it a step further and eliminate a lot of the role of the mayor in that process. So gotcha. most of what I have been able to do is outside of that official scope in terms of um, talking as a Ward 4 representative, because as in our former government, we are still elected to represent individual wards and that we're appointed by council to serve as mayor and vice mayor. So what I've done is for my Ward 4 constituents, I created a website that has consolidated information from the WHO, um, CDC, HHS, any organization that has anything related to the virus and health, I have that up there with connecting to links. I, as more information became to come available, I kept tweaking the website. So I have a page now that has resources for individuals, resources for businesses, frequently asked questions. I made sure that I started putting our city manager's updates that he gives to council every night. Every night around eight or nine o'clock, he gives us an update about what he's done um, to respond to the virus internally with staff and with external partners. I started putting that up there. And so I felt like it was important for my residents to know information in one place and for them to have a way to count on that as being a tool of information. So I immediately jumped on that. I started doing Facebook Lives, talking to people just to do check-ins. You know, mm -hmm. one second may just be, how, how are you doing today? <laughs> What's life yeah. like? <laughs> how is it going that's really important that's so uh, yeah important. mental health is deteriorating all over the place so yeah i mean that's a great thing to do for your folks just having you know just having children having pets having just working from home having to juggle some people are losing their jobs people are stressed out so just hey how, how is it going What's going on? Um, then I also had check-ins where I just answer questions. Like, what are your concerns that the city has not addressed yet? Or what haven't you found information for? And I can answer to my best of my ability or either I can get you the information. What I've also been doing is putting up posts to say, what questions do you want me to ask for you? To make sure that people know that one, I'm accessible. Two, that I'm determined to get you the answers that you're looking for. Um, but then three, who is hurting that's a business or resident? What resources do you need to fill in the gaps? Yeah. So is consolidating those that feedback and giving it to the manager and putting it on council's agendas to make sure that we publicly discuss these questions or concerns because it's not unique to one individual. There's several people suffering with a similar situation. So some examples would be, what are we doing to address homeless? We're doing to address seniors who now, who relied on caregivers or different C services that are no longer available. How are we helping them fill in those gaps? We're doing childcare providers. Now they're swamped with all these children that they never, you know, that they originally didn't take care of. What are we doing for the essential workers that have to put their children in child care? What are we doing for the business owners that are struggling to pay their bills or keep their staff on? What are we doing for the average family that's now having to turn into a teacher? What resources are we giving them? But also the employers that are teleworking, are we making sure they have Wi-Fi? What are we doing to help? So 
I've been using the agenda in that process to get some ideas forward. Um, but also I've been connecting with other elected officials from across the country. I'm involved with the National League of Cities and the Virginia Municipal League. Um, NOC has created a wonderful database in partnership with Bloomberg Philanthropies to track what localities are doing in response to COVID-19. Um, in addition to that, since I serve in a leadership capacity in the organization, I have access to so much resources that people are just submitting to say, hey, we did this in my city, or we passed this ordinance, or I've been giving out masks to my constituents. I'm just getting all that information. Um, I've also signed up for different local government resources to get supplies into the city, sanitizer, masks, and things of that nature. So basically, I've been trying to use the connections that I have built over the years to bring resources back to Hopewell, but then also trying very, very hard to be transparent, to, to gather information, and to relay concerns and questions. And I constantly do posts. Um, I've called several special meetings of council just to talk about COVID-19. I know we have other operational things that we have to do, but right now the crisis is COVID-19. That's impacting literally everyone's life, you know, their job, their children, their school, you know, all of those things. So that should be our primary focus because it's not going away anytime soon. And everything that we do operationally is going to be impacted by COVID-19. So as far as I'm concerned, that is the only topic that we really should be talking about unless it's something that is mandated or urgent that we cannot put off longer. I also share all the press conferences from the governor, also the White House, if they have relevant press conferences share to make sure that people are getting as much information as possible. Um, I just try to do my part to make sure that I'm bringing ideas to the table, but then also um, ensuring that residents know that they can contact me to get some relief if they if they need it and then also lastly partnering with some of the organizations that i serve on to try to get support to residences who are filing for unemployment um trainings um, i'm about to do a training with google to, to help small businesses during this time for covid19 as well so it's just trying to really use technology because that is where we are <laughs> right I love technology i've been trying to get the city on that way for a long time and now it's here and so it's like yes um, all the hard work of trying to prepare, to, you know, in terms of making sure we have the infrastructure in place. And we have an awesome IT director. She's new to the city. She's brought us up so far in such a, in, in, in a year. And so now we have the resources to be able to meet people where they are. And quite frankly, people live off their phones. So if you can find a mobile platform that people can pick up their phone and be connected or to view you or to respond to something, that's, that's the way to go. Wow. You are so busy. Like, that's just insane. How do you even She's have on any it, time man. She's on it. Right? Like, how do you have any time? But you this is amazing, to. though. I mean, despite the fact that your role as a mayor, you know, might seem diminished to some, you are doing above and beyond. She's on it. I'm really to do what I can because, you know, the thing is, this is, this is the part. If people don't understand our role of government, or how our former government is structured, they still think as the mayor, you're supposed to be out front. You're supposed yep. to be these resources. And regardless of the, our actual structure and how it's formed, it's still my job to be responsive or to do my part the best that I can. And so I, that's, the, that's what I'm working under. And, and short of having a big webinar to teach people, hey, Hopewell has a council manager form of government. I can't do that. And even if I want to do that, people don't care. What they expect is their elected <laughs> leaders to stand up and to do the job. And so 
I'm trying to do the best I can within the confines, but then also where I can step outside to fill in the gaps, that's what I'm going to do. I have to commend you, really. That's, I mean, I don't think she could have said any better. Right. <laughs> I mean, so they, this is what they think. This is what it really is, but they don't care. I got to do it. Right. Perception is reality, right? So, yeah. I mean, I went through the phase of trying to tell people, that's not how it is, or no, I really can't. And I've learned it doesn't matter. It truly no. doesn't matter. It and doesn't. so in their mind, you're the leader. That's it, period. That's it. And so there's the expectation. And then also, I didn't run to be elected to do this job. I didn't do all of this for nothing. I did it because I really want to serve. I did it because I have a passion for it. And I did it because I want to be the best that I can be while I'm in this position. And so my expectation of myself is set high because I want to do the job well. And so if people have that perception, whether or not it's correct, I want to make sure I fulfill that expectation of them. And so, because I want to do my job well, and mm-hmm. therefore, whatever it needs to be done, that it just needs to be done. And so I'm trying to figure out right now, actually how to spend the rest of my award money. We get, this is our second year that we're doing award money. And um, we only get like $4,000 for our award to use for certain things. And I'm trying very hard to try to finagle to be able to give out masks and sanitizer to all of my constituents, reusable ones, to promote safety, um, wellness, and just to make make sure people realize, even though it's not mandated that you have to wear a mask, it is your best interest to wear a mask and also in the general public's best interest to collectively be responsible for each other's health. And so if I can help you with purchasing a reusable mask that you can wear, I take that burden off, but then I'm also encouraging, you know, being my brother's mm-hmm. keeper. I help you, you help me. We all protect each yep. other. Um, yep. The sanitizer is a hot commodity right now. I found a way that I can purchase it. <laughs> so if I can help get you a little bottle to put in your car, well, you know, maybe that yeah. helps you. And so I'm trying to find a way to get, I can partner with a nonprofit. If you know of anyone that I can partner with to do an event that I can distribute these goods, please let me know because I really do want to do all that I can to make sure people have some resources because I know we're focusing on our healthcare workers, our first responders. I get it. But we also have people who have to still go to work every day to get a paycheck over their head of food on the table. And those people need their version of PPE. (laughs) So if that is a sanitizer and some wipes, then you should get it. You should have it too. So I'm trying to make sure we get it to the people. Do you have any confirmed cases in Hopewell? Yes, we do. Um, Last time I checked this morning, actually, and it was 26. Let me just check again. And and I'm glad you asked me that question because it's a neighborhood store that I go to every day. Um, They know me pretty well in there. I just walk to the store and I go in and talk to those who work there. And she mentioned that we have cases in the city. And I said, that's not correct. She's like, no, I just checked on BDH's website. I said, that's not correct. So I pulled it up on my phone with the updates I get from the city manager. And Hopewell has 30 cases as of April 29th. And so the reason why I said I'm glad you asked that question is because the Virginia Department of of Health, their website isn't updated across the board. It is updated nightly, I'm sure. But if you go to the website for Hopewell, it has us at a different case rate. And so I don't want people 
to view uh -uh. that and think that it is the current numbers. There isn't uh -oh. a way them posting it on the website. Um, I did reach out to the, our local health district to ask why is there a delay? If we're sending people to that page, they need to have the most up-to-date information. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. he just said there was a delay once they passed it up to, up the chain somewhere, there is a delay in the process. And I'm pretty sure, obviously, they're inundated with data. You know, now that we're yeah. looking at space and other factors, I'm sure that things are completely swamped there. So I would just mm -hmm. encourage all hopeful residents to check our C's website um, where the C manager gives his updates. That's the most current numbers each day. I also post them on my Facebook page and on my city page, um, Mayor... Uh, I think it's that Mayor Jasmine Gore on Facebook. I post those numbers as well. That's the most current that we have from our local Department of Health. That's where you need to go to get the uh, latest numbers. Yeah, 30 cases. I mean, it's not, it's I mean, not, it's not nothing because it's, it's not like you're a booming metropolis, you know, right. and 30 yeah. cases is not a drop in the bucket for y'all. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not. And, you know, my concern is, and I understand why it's this way, and I brought it up. Before, right during a meeting as well, I mean, I feel like there, there should be some research into how to handle situations like this moving forward. Coronavirus is not going to go away by the summertime, in my personal opinion. Um, mm -hmm. National doctors and research has said it's going to be here in the winter. It's going to be here with flu season. So we're going to have this with us for the foreseeable future. And right. When they say it's going to be here in the wintertime, Dr. Fauci in particular made it very clear. He said, it, it's not, it's not, it's going to come back. He says, it's just not going to go away. It's going to be here in the wintertime. So that means that it's going to stay here, right? For months. And so if we're trying to reduce the spread, I think that they should release localities to be able to publish the common communal places that people have traveled. And I understand mm -hmm. it violates HIPAA. I understand that. However, I don't need to know your name. I don't need to know where you live at. I just need to know what store you went to. And if you don't want to release what store you went to, put a process in place that verifies that they have sanitized appropriately and got a clean bill of health from the Department of Health, right? Unless there's something on the back end that verifies that a retail store has properly sanitized after they were notified, then fine. Mm -hmm. you, you don't need to know. But if that's not being done, we need to know because uh. if someone goes there, let's say someone goes to Big Box, I'm just not trying to use a regular store name. They went to Big Box. They didn't know they had it. Okay. They went shopping. They touched this. They touched that. Okay. Right. Department of Health tells that Big Box owner and manager, hey, this person went to your establishment. They had it. You need to clean. I don't know. I haven't been able to get an answer if the Department of Health comes behind them to verify if they have sanitized. And let's say that owner doesn't because they don't think it's that, it's that serious. Oh, maybe the virus has died. Okay. They don't sanitize. I come in, you come in behind that person. You touch the same things. How, I mean, you know, that's, that's the biggest concern I have thus far, but then also um, the testing and we all know testing is the issue nationwide. Right. Um, but unless you're going to be testing people on a regular basis or have it easily accessible where you don't have to literally be on your deathbed to get testing, then I don't see how this is going to improve either because I've gotten messages from so many people saying that they felt ill, they have the symptoms, the doctors feel like they have the symptoms, but they can't give them tests. And I, I just yeah. don't understand that. So I don't, I don't either. And I wish there was an answer for that. Yeah. We need mass testing. Yes, no, you know, positive, negative testing, period, across the board, 
anyone who wants to get tested, everyone who wants to get tested. This is just out of control. <laughs> it just feels it just feels like a bizarro world. You know? It it's kind of scary. We've re- we've reached the million mark and mm-hmm. and just looking worldwide at the other cases, our country has tripled the amount of cases per <laughs> per country and it's like and states are opening up and I have another concern about that in terms of how they're going to control that. So from a local level, it's just, you know, a lot of the resources that we depend on come from the state and federal government. And if the states are depending on the federal government, then it's just a trickle down effect. And when you hear some people in office say that they're fine with localities and states filing for bankruptcy, it's like, it's not possible, you know, like, so it's just a concern, but right now we're doing well. Yeah. <laughs> our supplies, uh, our school district is amazing. They just, they're about to start their Wi-Fi on buses to make sure that people have access to the internet to do their schoolwork. Our community has really stepped up. We have restaurants giving out meals to individuals and families. We have members of our community dropping off supplies to seniors. The community is coming together to support those who are supposed to graduate this year to make sure they have a proper graduation experience. It is remarkable to see people coming together to to help one another during this time and to show that, like they always say, we're all in this together. I think it's really great. I'm, I'm going to try to find a way to recognize those who have stepped up and gone above and beyond because you don't really have to, right? You just do it because it's the right thing to do and you have an interest and a passion of helping others. And I especially appreciate those who, and this might sound weird, but do it without having to broadcast it, Right. Um, yep, I can yep. find the stories of people who have done remarkable things and we don't know about it. I would like to find a way to honor them because that means they did it from sincere, like from their heart um, and they weren't yeah. looking for likes or uh, other recognition, but those are the ones who really should be highlighted for doing um, a job or a deed that no one else thought of or could do. Hey, Fran, before I do like a wrap up question, do you have any other uh, questions or thoughts? I, I'm just, that last statement that you just made just made my heart just. Oh, really? <laughs> it did. It just did something to me. Even though we're all remote, I will share that more people are coming together, right? Yeah. yeah. Some of my family members more in this off time than I have spoken to them in the last couple of months because I've just ripping and running down the road. I spent more time obviously in my house than I have in months. And so I've actually cleaned up. I've created a garden in the backyard. Look at at this mess I'm I'm cleaning up right now. (laughs) That's how my house looked yesterday until I I fixed it. But I mean, and even just connecting, I'm connecting even more residents because now they're online. Now they're paying attention more to government. And so even though we're distance apart physically, I feel like we're just coming more together and um, I think this is a good benefit, like an offshoot benefit of what's happened, right? People are more more engaged, more connected. Um, and, and then you also notice when people are sometimes going through things online, uh-huh. you see more people responding, hey, how are you doing? Or call me, yeah. or you got this, yep. or be upset, or I love you too. And it's just nice to see that everyone knows that this is a rough time for everyone. 
And yes, everybody's going through something. Yeah, so I think it's great. I mean, you know, the, the benefit of what has happened. But this whole thing has put a lot of things in perspective. And I, I hope that we come out of this better people for it, honestly, and more prepared for the other things that will follow. Because I feel like this is just the beginning of more illnesses or other things, you know, communicable things uh, that we just were not this country as a whole was not prepared for because we're always so concerned about our rights, you know, our right to do this, our right to do that. And this feels infringed upon. And I'm like, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Yep. This is really a time where we do need to come together, whether we be distanced or not. Yes. You're mm-hmm. so right. You know, and it also mm-hmm. is going to bring up these gaps that we have, these social economic gaps that people are talking about now. Now we see the, <laughs> I like, Oh my God. God. The stuff that people have been saying for years is not made up and that we have to address these gaps within our societies and communities so that people literally are not struggling to live when something happens like this or just not even something like this because now people are starting to see what people have been complaining about has been a reality this whole entire time. And Look, so we, that- we talked about this on a previous show and we were like, now the rest of y'all get to understand what it's like during this during this trial period, your your trial period of blackness. Now yeah. y'all understand. And some of y'all are cashing in on your free trial period, and that's not fair. But welcome. Welcome. <laughs> so well, I think it's it's a real eye opener for some people, but then also I think it's an opportunity if if done correctly mm-hmm. to start to address this across all communities. Um, where people are without, I mean, how many people are un- uh, filing for unemployment now? Like three, how much, it was another three million this week, I think it was? Like, Almost four the, million all the people. people. All the people. Uh, I just, you know. And then health insurance that goes along with that and yep. the education gaps and technology gaps and all, all the people. All of the gaps. And so now now it's just like our country does need to focus on, you know, this upcoming, all upcoming elections, local, state, federal need to address socioeconomic issues. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you feel Mm -hmm. about that, that, you know, the deadline's coming up for signatures for people running and you can't go out and get signatures a lot of times. What do you think about that? Like, do you think there should be a solution for that? Well, I have my signatures. So. No, you got She's yours. Like, I got mine, honey. You're like, no, I was okay. on top of that thing. Yes. I didn't wait till the last minute. I have my signatures. <laughs> but I know people are going out because I have some challengers this upcoming election. I have two or three that I know. And so um, I know that they're getting signatures out in the community right now. So people are still signing them and doing it. But in all fairness, I would say not to be biased that, you know, they should probably look at doing something differently to get signatures so that everyone has the equitable chance of getting on the ballot. Um, mm-hmm. I just did it prior to, because I saw the tea leaves when I was tracking what was going on in China. Okay. This is about to come over to America. Let me go ahead and get these signatures. Yep. Let me go ahead and get these signatures. But, you know, I do think that something should be done 
so that has a chance in democracy. But I also am concerned about upcoming election. I don't have an election in May, but for those who do, I have some peers that are on the ballot. I know there's a toss-up May, November, May, November. Um, they need to figure that out so that way people can know how to proceed. I think yesterday today was the last day to ask for an absentee ballot. I am concerned about how this is going to play out in the November election. That's the one I'm a part of. But to make sure that everyone, you know, has a chance to cast their ballot and to be on the ballot. I just feel like that's going to be, I just have a feeling that that's going to be an issue later on down the road. Yeah. I'm trying to address it, but I don't, I don't think that hitting on what needs to be done. I don't even know what that is. I feel like there's, there's, there's a hole that needs to be fixed somewhere. And, and it'd be interesting if the federal government tries to postpone the elections as well. Well, you know, the, yeah. the thing is crazy too. Was it Wisconsin? They had people still go out to the polls. Yeah. And then those people have some people are starting to say they had mm-hmm. caught it from voting. I mean, oh. that's what something has to happen. Like, and if I I'm not gonna lie, if I was if I was on the ballot and someone knocked on my door, I would not sign the ballot because I I wouldn't want to breathe in a stranger's air. So I'd be like, <laughs> Nope. I was like, unless you're coming to me in a hazmat suit, yeah. Um, so I'm not bad for those who are trying to do it now, because I don't know. Before we wrap, because it's about that time, is there any message that you'd like to get out there, Jasmine, that we haven't touched on yet? Um, I don't know. I would just say if there's any viewers that have any, you know, again, nonprofits or groups that I could potentially partner with within the next couple of weeks, I have to get rid of this cash and donations so that I can be able to support hopeful residents. Because yes. I, I want to even sure if it's not a Hopewell, even if it's not a Hopewell uh, business organization, or right? Yes, yeah, so anybody here in Richmond, yeah, that can help. Yeah, that can help me support Hopewell residents. I have the funds I can donate, and we can do an event, or I can donate, and you can hand them out, or whatever. It doesn't matter. But it has to be an eligible organization under the state code, which is mostly nonprofits, government entities, those who help with crisis relief, and that's the area that I'm trying to focus on: is crisis relief. A lot of people are losing their jobs and their sources of income. So bills are due, food is needed and things like that. So there's a crisis in particular service that I can uh, partner with to help people. Hopefully, please let me know. My email is jgore at hopefullva.gov. So J-G-O-R-E at hopefullva.gov. And the second point I would say is to residents, if there's not a time ever to pay attention to your government, be it state, local, or federal, now is the time. This is really going to impact your lives moving forward if it has not impacted your life already. Everyone's life should have been impacted by some degree. So if there's ever a time to follow what's going on during your city council meetings, your state general assembly special sessions, what the governor is doing, you need to tune in. Everyone, as I said earlier, is going electronic. So there really is no excuse for you not to be able to have something in the palm of your hand to connect with what is going on. Most are doing videos. Some are doing written documents. Some have hyperlinks. It doesn't matter. But if you want to see how gov- how the sausage is made <laughs> that impacts you, now yep. is the time to see it. And I would say that I tell a lot of residents, I can't tell you how many times I see, like today, I saw a post that's completely incorrect about something I've done or said. I read a newspaper all the time, but the facts are distorted. And you, you, you tell you to take the high road, you can't respond to everything, don't respond to stuff. And so it's really difficult to correct the record. And so I tell residents all the time, if you don't see people comment, it's not because it's true. It's because we're trying not to take that route of being in the mud. 
And so it's important for you as a, as a voter to do your due diligence. And that means going straight to the source. And going to the source means looking at the videos, watching them of the meetings, reading the agenda packets, looking at the minutes, doing whatever you can to get information. It's not need to be a full-time job, but just put forth the effort and at least putting on a meeting and just walk around the house and listen to it while you're doing whatever. See it for yourself. And I, I guarantee you that no matter which locality you're in, no matter which government you're looking at, what you thought was the case is probably not the case. And so, oh yes. Oh, bingo. That's the word right there. And so, um, and that's what I'm trying to do by going live on my page. Um, but just take this opportunity because what, what what's that saying? Um, emergency crisis bring out people's character. You'll really see people's character for what it is if, if you didn't before. So I would just implore you to take the time out and to share it with other people so that you don't keep that information which you, you give it to others. Wow. Man, yeah. you better preach. <laughs> <laughs> that was a word. You better preach. Man, that's on a word. Yes. Oh, that that mission statement. You said was who? That was your mission statement. mission statement. Is it? Yeah. Basically. To engage to get to encourage citizens to engage their 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 local government to educate and encourage transparency in their local government. Yeah, because there's no excuse anymore. There's just no excuse no. not to know what's going That's why on. We do what we do. Like, That's exactly why we do what we do. Don't know. Ask they questions don't know. because people just take information that they see as face value. Oh, it's posted a whole on Facebook. It's got to be real. No. It's not. And the reason no. why you want get in these social groups is because they know that you're not going to go back and research. They know that yeah. you're going to just copy, paste, copy, paste. And that's the best, fastest way to spread misinformation. If people haven't that's tracked from the last election, that's how people got all the incorrect. I'm not saying versus Canada or whatever. I'm just saying that's how a lot of information misinformation was spread but just so, in general and people don't understand they don't even understand that they're sometimes their local media is biased or centered around certain oh, funding or certain that they don't understand mm-hmm. they don't get that and so if you don't understand you know even how certain things are funded or how certain things are you know just mm-hmm. look, well not, two minutes on the local news today we're not gonna preach yep. here today we're not gonna do it I- yeah, don't get me don't get started about local papers. I I just stop responding. And it should tell you something when the headline says no comment, but brrr. usually when you have a no comment, that's not a story. The story shouldn't be that I had didn't have a comment. I didn't have a comment. I want to entertain this right. is not newsworthy. But apparently not entertaining it has made it newsworthy. So and even and so when people read that they should again like you're saying go back and do their homework and or even look at past articles to see the the opinion of who's writing everyone has an opinion so right she need she need yep. she need a whole world dirt she need a whole world dirt she oh, need a whole listen. world dirt i know you do <laughs> we need to recruit some folks for you she need a whole world dirt lord i'm inspired she needs a whole world dirt it's true it's interesting <sighs> So, um, you know, more people that get informed, it's the best, it's the best way. And, you know, and even still, I try to tell people, even if I disagree with you, 
just be respectful when you comment. You know, it's the difference of disagreeing and then coming for people, right? Yeah. Some people yeah. feel like they're elected officials. We're not people. Like, I just have a title and I have a job, but I'm still a person. And so okay. respect that's entitled to everyone, no matter who you are or what you do. And so okay. you can disagree. You can say why you don't like it. And you can even be upset with your disagreement. That's fine. Yep. Because I get fired up as well. I, I'm, I'm a little tight tempered. I get it. So I'm not, I don't care about that. It doesn't bother me. But you. we're adults. But, right. But it's how you come at people. It's your tone and it's what you accuse people of or how you state your disagreement. And you don't even, even when you disagree, it doesn't have to be directed at someone. You can just say you disagree and why. But I think that social media has caused some people to really go overboard with their freedom of <laughs> First Amendment rights and also think that um, it's okay to spread misinformation because they've been able to get away with it. And honestly, nah, you better, yeah, seriously, it is so much. Don't make me pull this. I'll pull this car over. Right now, <laughs> don't tell right me I got to the back. But you know what I mean? It's just, it is, it's just insane. Like I saw a post with pe- someone shared my parents' address. Why? They're not. Elected. Why? Yes, yes. They're not elected okay. officials. I am. And right. I mean, it's they, they've taken it too far. Um, and the funny thing is, that some of the things that they're upset about is wrong. If they just do the just do the homework and figure it out, or either I know go to the source and ask the question. And I always say to my constituents, and I say this all the time: don't take what I tell you as face value. Don't take it as fact. Go if research. I you, if I tell you something, then you ask for your verification. If I haven't supplied it to you, you ask for your receipts for anyone. Yep. Because if they Those can't, the factuals and the actuals. You, right? If they can't provide you with receipts, it's not real. It's an opinion. Opinions are not facts. Mm-hmm. So if anyone shares anything, they should come with the documentation to back up what they're saying. And if they Damn. fail to do so or they refuse to do so, then you should question the the source of the information and the content that's being provided to you. If you if you mm-hmm. can't back it up, then don't say it. That's that science background right there. I'm telling you. Oh, that is- <laughs> That's that that science. That is that factual, (laughs) actual science background right there talking. Yeah, it it, it doesn't exist if you can't touch it. (laughs) Let me tell you, it don't exist if I can't show you the biological backup on this thing right here. I ain't got no molecules that don't exist. That don't exist. That's right. Well, this was really fun. I want to come back and do another one if I can or another subject. Yeah. again thank you yes. mayor jasmine gore this has been amazing to a restaurant do carry a uh, pickup or carry out and just park our cars and just right we can stay in the cars we can sample yes. downtown and do it in our cars like how did you like Haley's honey oh it was delicious how do you like this yes. 
Wonderful. I look forward to that. Well, thank you so much. We'll hang on just a second and we'll do our closing. Again, we thank you for coming on. Um, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for all the hard work that you're doing for your constituents um, of Hopewell. And we need to recruit you a Hopewell Dirt Girl because you are you're yes. killing it. Okay? Thank you're you killing it. it. Thank you. That's amazing. Um, as always, uh, Richmond, as you can see, we have uh, neighboring cities that are also going through a lot. And we need to do what we can to support our neighboring cities because we're not the only people that are struggling and, and, and going through something. So we also need to wrap our arms around our smaller cities that um, yeah. are neighboring um, sister cities that are also um, struggling through this. So you know what time it is. Uh, Flint still has dirty water and now so does New Jersey and coronavirus. We all got that. Okay. <laughs> Everybody. Uh, RPS is fully funded, but all this nonsense is messing us up. So we're going to need to get some more money for next year for everything else to fix all of this, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to need uh, more funding for the year after that, and the year after that, and the year after that, and the year after that, um, to infinity and beyond. And Richmond is most certainly still racist, but we're working on it. Talk to you next week. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, bitch, you got coronavirus. Ooh, this shit, you got coronavirus. We ain't finna do this with this coronavirus. I ain't finna take a trip with this coronavirus. I'ma chill at the crib cause I'm safe here. I ain't even about to drink me a corona beer. I'm about to stay at the crib for about a year. And I ain't coming back out until this is clear. I done bought me a mask and a lot of gloves. And I still feel like that is not enough. I ain't shaking no hands, I don't wanna hug. Make sure you wash your hands with a lot of love. So if you got that CV, they gon' find you. If you coughing, I ain't trying to be around you. I ain't even trying to stand beside or behind you. I'ma try to help them motherfuckers find you. I ain't even about to hop on no plane. I ain't even about to stand in the rain. I ain't getting on no train. I ain't even about to drive in my lane. I'm about to stay in the house and play the game. Bitch, move, bitch, you got coronavirus. Ooh, this shit, you got coronavirus. We ain't finna do issue with this coronavirus. I ain't finna take a trip with this coronavirus. Move, bitch, you got coronavirus. Ooh, this shit, you got coronavirus. We ain't finna do issue with this coronavirus. I ain't finna take a trip with this coronavirus. <laughs>